pre the thing I did this time was I pre-scheduled it as live, which I've never done before. I see a note that says meeting is now there go. streaming live on YouTube. We're live on YouTube. How about that? Okay, yep. here we go. Well, welcome. I'm Bill Gross. Welcome to our Thursday call, Probate Weekly. We rebranded this call. And the idea is uh, to create a, a meeting place for people who are interested in real estate investing, wholesaling, real estate sales, uh, interested in using probate as one of the niches to generate some business. Uh, I'm Bill Gross. I'm the LA probate expert and um, uh, literally I was at probate court today. Uh, I was scheduled, I'm gonna go back on Monday. Uh, I was there this past Monday. So I've been going about two times a week, even during COVID. I represent uh, buyers who want to buy property for investments, and then we fix and flip those. I represent sellers and uh, probate petitioners, attorneys, estates on selling properties as well. And so it's an exciting field, and it's a, a niche that people really don't understand. Uh, and it also crosses over nicely with real estate investors uh, and wholesalers. Uh, you guys are welcome to bring properties that you want to pitch to, to the call. I'd love it if you would get to me ahead of time to vet. Uh, I also host a call on Tuesdays, uh, which is realestateinvestingzoom.com. And there we are extremely focused on real estate investing, out-of-state, uh, multifamily, as well as in-state. So welcome to the call. You know, I thought I'd start today with an interesting experience I had. I went to LA Probate Court, uh, downtown LA today, Moss Courthouse, representing one of my clients who wanted to buy one of the properties that was for sale. And it always strikes me as interesting. Let me ask you guys, uh, first, have anybody here ever buy or sell a property at probate court? Anybody in the call ever do it before? No. Do you have an experience? No, I don't see anybody. I would love to go down there to the LA courtroom with you one day to experience it. Well, I'd love to invite you. It's a little challenging during COVID, right? I used to host a weekly meetup. I'm sorry, two or three times a week meetup at the courthouse, I gave free tours when I, when pre-COVID. And so I hope when they open up again, I'll get a chance to do that again. So I'll just share with you, let me just ask you guys about real estate. If you knew a property was for sale for 630 and it in probate court at the auction, it went for 750, what would you think about the listing agent who was attempting to confirm the sale at 630 as the best price possible for the estate. What would you think about that? Shortchanging the estate, in my opinion. One more time? Shortchanging the estate, in my opinion, because exactly. your fiduciary duty is to get the client the most money. Exactly. Unless they tell you otherwise. They want exactly. to just sell it quickly. Exactly. I'm, and I'm shocked that the attorney sat there and what, and I'll tell you this, it sold for 750. It would have gone for 800 but you can only go for so much in probate court. And given they tried, they had no photos, they didn't want to tell you that they're going to vacate the property at close of escrow, which makes it more valuable. They wanted to leave it almost purposely shady, right? So, so what it got for 800 had they really, in my opinion, just had one tour day maybe, and maybe photos of the inside, but they purposely didn't do that. And if they would have said, we'll be delivered vacant. They just done that, you go from 750 to 800, in my opinion. And so here you have an agent, I would think the attorney would look at her and say, what the hell are you doing? And there were not one, but seven customers, the heirs in this case of the estate, 
who almost all got shortchanged their share of about $150,000. I would have thought they'd be hanging her from the ceiling. Instead, they're congratulating her as if she had anything to do with bringing more money to the, to the state. And so that's, this what, is... What, go ahead, Jay. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you. What's the judge's role in all of that, if any? Isn't that I think they were trying to double end it. They were trying to double in the deal, for sure. Uh, William Wright. So, Jay, the, legally, the judge, his responsibility is to follow the law, right? Um, if, if the judge is more activist, you might say his job is to help protect the, the estate's asset and make sure they don't get taken advantage of. But to me, that's just obvious proof something was wrong when, yes, it did go up by that much and good for them. They didn't lose that extra 150. But I always say, well, how much more do they leave on the table because of the incompetence of the listing agent and the attorney? And so, Jane, to answer your question, the judge is supposed to follow the law. Um, you know, they're all busy. The probate attorney is busy. The judge is busy. They can't really look at the details. But to me, I would ask questions like, well, why is there no picture inside the house? You've had the property in the market for 90 days. You couldn't get inside. How could that be? Yeah, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, I think, on the on one of the calls. And there was an agent on there who was, you know, adamant about the fact that, you know, she was doing the best service that she could, but like you I think we just lost you. The broadest possible market. You know, she she didn't she didn't list it, she was keeping it as kind of a pocket listing almost. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like you, yeah, I think as a, an agent, you know, because I'm an investor, first and foremost, I've got my license, but it's not active right now. And, and I'm trying to figure out what to do about that. But, you know, as an agent, you know, you've got like, like was said earlier, you've got a fiduciary responsibility to maximize. Right. You should be broadcasting and marketing it as wide and as broad as possible in order to do that. Right. In my opinion. I agree with you hundred percent. So these are what I, what I would look, say, I look for signs of inefficiency. One sign of inefficiency is only one photo, right? To me, I just smell somebody's trying to hide something when I see one photo. Sure. Yeah. Another sign of inefficiency is now you wouldn't know this unless you're an expert in probate, but when you look at the documents and notice the agent's double-ending the deal, that's a sign of something going on, right? Um, there's another sign, which is um, limited description of the property. Another one is that obvious emissions in the description. Is, it gonna, is there a tenant? Is it gonna be, is a squatter? Is it a family member who's going to vacate? The, all those have different pricing implications on the property. And right. as an investor, though, I would say, don't be scared off by those signs. To me, those are signs of inefficiency. And if I can get the answer to them, I have a unique opportunity to buy a property that somebody else might pass on. And today, for okay. example, the property that was bought at court the guy who bought it believes he knows how he can make the properties for bedroom in this little niche near USC where they've restricted the number of bedrooms to three 
because they don't want to meet, they don't like a, a frat house or whatever environment. Um, but this particular investor thinks he knows how to go for it. And knowing that difference, that information is the value of getting the property and making the profit or not. And so the thing I always want to tell investors, wholesalers and realtors is you know, information is the most viable resource in the world. If you can use it properly, information is very valuable as a realtor. And as realtors, that means we, uh, and salespeople, that means we can go see property and see things that other people don't see. We can door knock it and find out what's going on inside. We can read the MLS private remarks as investors or realtors, we can look at the data, we can look at sales, we can see how many properties are being bought, sold, days of market for those changes. Information's critical. And I would say never be scared off by those smoking signs. You know, the fact the house was burned down, let's say, to me, isn't a sign not to buy the property. It's, to, it's an opportunity to say, well, what does a burned down property, what's it worth? And can I maybe get this at a premium and sell it as a profit? That makes sense. And so I would say we get paid to solve problems in probate or in real estate in general. If we can solve the seller's problem. He has a house and he wants cash. We buy the house for cash or we wholesale the house for cash or we list and sell it for cash. We solve the problem, we get paid. And so we are not looking to avoid problems. We're not looking for people who don't have problems. We're looking for people with problems that we can help them solve. Right. Uh, my friend, yeah. uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. My friend Abraham and I are both involved in working with single men who are marriage-minded, get married. Something we've worked at together you know, for years and our wives are kind of on board and we host dinners and things like that. And one of the things that's always clear is single people, I don't know who on the, who's on the call here, but single people imagine somehow they're gonna marry somebody else who has no problems. And then two people who neither of which have problems will live together happily ever after. And that sounds nice, but the reality is over time you come to discover not only do you have problems, the ones you're trying to hide, but you discover everybody has problems and relationships about learning how to work through those problems together in a productive way, right? About right, Abraham? I would say that's more than no, true. I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than yeah. true. Yeah. I've been married three times. It took me the third time to get it right. I got the <laughs> knucklehead slapped out of me. <laughs> well, well you, you learned. Think about all the people that didn't. I've been married 36 years, the one woman. I haven't learned anything. So <laughs> she'll, she'll be the first to tell you that. So, But it's the same thing. I think, I think when I got married, my rabbi said to me, the key to getting to success in marriage, not that I profess to be successful, but the key is not to find the right partner, but to be the right partner. And I say in real yeah. estate investing, real estate selling, real estate wholesaling is not to find the right deal necessarily. It's to be the person who makes something into the right deal. You find a piece of the puzzle missing with your piece, it becomes a great deal. That's how you make money. Because if it was an obviously great deal, There'll be a line of people to buy it, right? It's, it's fascinating to me, the listing agent, I have, I have a listing that's very complicated, very unique legal situation. I put all the disclosures in the MLS and in the public remarks to say, you know, uh, talk to an agent to find out the details. 
and, and agents won't read the MLS and they'll call me. My, my customer loves your property. Well, it's not he loves the property. He doesn't know what it is. And you're too lazy to do your job. I can't say that, but I'm telling you guys that on the phone. That's what I'd love to say. Because that's our job. Our job is to figure out well, what's the problem. And then if you can solve that problem, you can sell the house to him and get a commission. There you go. Okay, so I've gone on for a little bit here in my soapbox. Um, who has a real estate question, problem, challenge? William May. Since I'm new at probate, ladies first. Okay, Bill, I have a question. Say, for instance, it, um, if at the property it's it needs a, a court confirmation, and there is someone who is living on the property, a tenant, and they stop paying rent, and and um, the the owner, the PR, and 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 the heirs, they want to deliver it vacant. Can you evict that person out of that property? Um, regardless, um, because because we are experiencing a moratorium on on evictions, so does that judge have the authority to say, okay, well, we need to sell sell this house, and then the tenant who stopped paying needs to go? Wow. Well, the first thing I would say is that whether it be probate court or not, it's the same thing that they have a responsibility and they have a <clears throat> they have tools available to maximize the value of the property. However, the probate attorney will not, probate court will not fulfill the role of the eviction court. They will direct the administrator or executor, executrix to file appropriate papers with the appropriate court to do the eviction. And so many times in probate, I've helped the estate. I referred them to a probate, uh, to a um, eviction company uh, when appropriate and help them with that process. Now, sometimes people, there are a lot of people protected because of COVID from being evicted, but there are other people who aren't protected and think they are. For example, I have a probate case where the lady wasn't making rent payments before COVID because the, the, the decedent passed. They thought, oh, I'll just live here forever. I won't still mail the checks to the same address. I'll just not, you know, I'll make them uh, force me to pay my rent. Well. The problem with that is that eventually you owe that rent. And if you don't save that money and, and people don't pay rent, in my experience, you might think a tenant might not pay rent, put the money in a bank account, invest it in Bitcoin, double their money, and then pay the back rent and avoid eviction. They never do that. My experience is once they're behind one month, they can never make it up. That's just my experience. So, so to answer your question, no, the probate court can't help expedite it. They need to go to the regular eviction process, whatever that means. If they're squatters, there is eviction process for squatters now available. It's tenants who are protected who are legally and meet certain criteria, but a squatter can't just move in a house and say, it's COVID, you can't get me out. The police will still come and remove them. And I've had people removed from properties during COVID uh, in the last few months. Yeah, I mean, and, and Bill, I'd just to pile onto that, I mean, it, it kind of comes down to the lease. Well, often in probate, that, you'll find... Trump. Yeah, but often in probate, you'll find there's no lease. There's the there's the, the grandson who right. grandpa and dad said could live here forever. There's no lease to that effect. There's the, uh, the father's um, uh, last girlfriend, and he died, and 
she's been living there for eight years and not paying anything and tells you she's entitled to the property or tells you she's a common law wife or tells you there's a will somewhere, but she can't find it. You know, probate, you get all kinds of stories. It's, it's really, uh, you, you know, if I was a little more telegenic, I'd probably get a TV show on some of the stuff I come up with. But I would say you see, and, and, and very common, like the one today, you have uh, seven different heirs and one or two are living in the house and they're selling the house. And they, and can you imagine their heirs, meaning they're one of seven brothers or sisters in this case, you think they would accommodate the listing and get some photos taken. You think they would vacate one day to allow people inside to do inspections and such. No, not at all. Because they've convinced the executor and the attorney that they can get away with that. The reality is, if you know the law, well, if you're a beneficiary and you reduce the sale price of property, that comes out of your inheritance. And so an aggressive attorney, an aggressive uh, administrator would say, well, that's fine. We'll just calculate the appraised price minus what we sold for, and we'll take that out of your inheritance. We'll take that $50,000 out of your share. Is that okay? What do you think they're going to say to that? No, but no, the attorneys, we're not gonna like it too much. But the attorneys don't know to do that, and and it's just amazing to me how uh, good attorneys, smart, educated, great attorneys in their field, will get a probate case and not know what they're doing. And unfortunately, the estate will rely on them, and they won't get the service. So I would say our job is to help solve problems, and oftentimes I'm helping the attorney understand what their options are because I see more of these than an attorney does who's not familiar with probate. A good question, Joanne. That, that is your question? Good. Next was William. Hello, everyone. I'm kind of new at the uh, probate thing. So um, I wanted to pro prospect older executors um, and administrators that has not sold yet. So what would be the best uh, script for that? Because I, I like cold calling. So uh, you're the master, Mr. Gross. So <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> Well, when you say older, you mean probates that were they're opened a year or two ago? Like six, six months, a year, year and a half, two years that still have a real property. You know, that's not that old. I'll just share with you. When I go on the, uh, just, I'm, I'm going to open up and I'm talking to you. Properties that are being sold this week in probate court, the original filing date were 2017, 18, 18, 19, 19, 2020, 18, 2009, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 17, 19, 19. Hardly any 2021s. I think that we as realtors assume the older leads are as good as the new ones. I'm sorry. Yeah, the old leads are as good as the new ones. But I think the older ones, if they are still have real estate, are really where the money is. So, so what would your script be if you would call them? Well, gee, uh, uh, Mr. May, this is Bill Gross from EXP Realty. I'm an expert in the probate real estate field. I notice you have your probate still open and haven't sold the real estate. I imagine there must be some problem. I'm calling to see how I can help you. What's going on? Oh, we're just trying to uh, figure out some things. We hadn't decided to put it on the market yet. You haven't decided to put it on the market. Is your intention to sell the property? Uh, we still haven't decided yet. We're still uh, talking between uh, the siblings. Interesting. So I noticed you, your filing date was 2019. Is the property rented or one of the heirs living in the property? 
Yeah, family is living in the property. Great. What would you, among the siblings? What would you like to do? Would you like to get it sold, or you'd like to hold on to it? Um, it, it's a headache being the administrator. So yeah, I would like to uh, liquidate it. Now, just what, let me get step out the role play for a second. You're now my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> my job is to get you to turn on the other. So basically, third. just just like cold calling, just uh, just have a conversation and just see where it lies and just ask uh, key questions about the estate. So what I would say is, anybody here who thinks I'm wrong, tell me, please raise your hand or put in the chat box. Nobody likes being called by a cold caller. Nobody likes being called by a telemarketer. Anybody would accept help from a nice, friendly neighbor who's offering to help solve their problem. So be the second, not the first. So if I call right. you up on a friendly guy and I'm just trying to help you, you have a problem and I'm trying to, we all want help with our problems, correct? Right. So your problem could be you got six siblings and five don't want to sell because they're all living in that property in a drug-induced stupor. And you don't want to be the bad guy to get rid of, but you know you should. You know is best for them to get them out of the house, get them their shared inheritance and wish them well. You know that's the best thing as their older brother. But you're busy with life. You got your kids, your house and your job. And now I'm calling saying, hey, I can help you strategize this. I can help you make that. I can even help you save some money. You may have to come out of pocket. I can help you with the fees for the probate process because you've stopped paying your attorney because you're not getting anywhere with it. I can help you with all that. So my job is to find out what your problem is and solve it. And then I get paid. Sounds good. Thank okay. you. Find the problem and then figure out how to solve it. Good. Other questions, challenges, or problems? Have to run. Victoria, thank you. Victoria, always nice to have you around. Anybody have a different approach on how you approach somebody in that case? I'd like to think some of you are calling uh, probate petitions regularly. Joanne or anybody else call, uh, uh, Andrea, any of you guys call uh, probate uh, cases regularly? Uh, I, I, this is Jay. I, I've, for some reason, a lot of the, the opportunities that I've come across lately just happen to be estate related situations, probate, some of them probate, some of them not. But I mean, that's always the approach that I try and take too, is that, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a problem solver. I just want to help you solve your problem and, and, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully it works out to something that, you know, we can do business together. But, you know, if there's any way that I can help you solve your problem, what, you know, what is it? You know, I've got a lady that inherited a house that she lives in LA area, actually. House is in Michigan. It was her mom's house. She grew up in it. You know, she's just trying to figure out what she can do to, you know, get it ready to maybe rent it out or, or whatever. And so I'm just trying to help her solve that problem and you know at the end of the day hopefully it will work out to something maybe it won't but it you know i i'm like kind of building karma if you will and, and just helping her solve you know some challenges that she has from being thousands of miles away so you know one of my coaches had taught me that the um, uh the money we receive 
is reflection of the value we create for our customers and our prospects. Right. So you look at the money you got paid and that is the value you created for other people, a portion of the value you create for other people. And so it's important that we look for people who have problems that we can solve. It, it, sometimes we want to find the easy deals, the easy cases. But the bigger the problems you solve, the, big, the more problems you solve, the more money you make in the long run. And look for those opportunities. So again, women in the role play, I would, I'm, I'm looking for their pain point to get them into action. Um, Andrew says, I do call expires and for sale by owners. I have to get to approach probate minister. Where do I look at the list of names and numbers? Andrew, we could talk offline um, specifically, but in general, I would say, if you're interested, I, I actually just did a video uh, as well as I created a, a web page with a list of all of the probate data sources I'm aware of. Uh, probate data, um, uh, probatesdaily.com, all the leads that come. But if you text um, good stuff to 213-460-1257, text good stuff. to area code 213-460. Yeah, I need to double check that number. It's pathetic, it's my own number and I'm not that clear on it. Um, but we'll get back as a link to a webpage that has my video kind of describing, uh, I'm sorry, 2577, that's, so, that's funny, 2577. Area code 213-460-2577, you can take good stuff. You get back a link on a webpage I have or it's on my website actually, also under probate data. Um, uh, but I have a list of all the sources that I know of. If you're in California, so in California, I know you're in Southern California, right? You're in LA. So um, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, I remember we spoke yesterday. Um, I would say um, the cheapest uh, probate daily and probate data, and they're both on that, on my webpage. Um, but um, Alltheleads.com is the most expensive, but the highest value, and they have a whole package of service that goes with it, as far as mailing and um, web page. I use their web page. They have printed materials. I use their their flyers. So uh, you can take a look at both those. But if you go to my website on probatedaily.com, they actually there's a pro there's a coupon code you can use to get a discount of twenty or thirty percent, and then if you ask for it, they'll also send you for free a book by one of my coaches, Kevin Sales, if you're interested as well. You can use the book yourself or use as a book to give to a, a petitioner or, you know, or a customer. So um, again, text good stuff to 213-460-2577 and you'll get back a page that has the list of the data and it has a video I did, a short video on YouTube on that topic, okay? I also have to go to my YouTube channel, you'll see I have, um, uh, videos in that particular. In fact, I'll put the link to that video in the, um, in the chat box as well. Good, other questions or challenges? Hey, I have a question. That's Sam? Uh, well, this is my first call on here. So this is, this is great info so far. Uh, and I saw on your thing that we can watch some of your stuff on uh, some of your old videos on YouTube. Uh, how long have you been doing this? So um, I 
uh, this call on probate, um, I started this in a conference call format, probably about, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and then when COVID hit, um, I started doing video calls. So, and then about three, four months ago, I started recording them all. Putting, I was recording them. I really wish some on Facebook and some I didn't know what to do with. And so now I, I pretty regularly get them onto YouTube and, and create a playlist and try to make it a little more professional. So um, I'd like to create in the long run kind of a national probate network of professionals like me working together, sharing information. Uh, so I started kind of creating the YouTube channel as a, as a way to try to build towards that. Awesome. So, hey, Sam, you're in 313 Air Code. Uh, I think maybe you're in Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan. Very nice. And, and you're an investor as well as an agent. Uh, I'm, I'm actually an agent and investor. You're an agent with Remax? Yep. And I think I met you through MTI, right? Correct. Do you subscribe to data through them? Yes, probate data. I actually uh, just signed back up with probate data about a, <clears throat> actually about a week ago. So I am going through scrubbing the lists right now and I plan on hitting the phones uh, next week on Monday. So I like probate data. Uh, one thing I like, I subscribe to them as well. I subscribe to three different services. Um, now this is all I do, meaning not only am I a full-time real estate broker, but all I do is probate. So all my chips are in. So if an extra 70 bucks a month in a service, I don't mind paying it. Probate data I like a lot because they just email it automatically in CSV format. And so it's easy for me then to forward to my virtual assistants to do data scrubbing and other things like that, team members to make phone calls. And then here in LA, um, I also share data with investors and wholesalers who are part of my team. So I like probate data. They also have a, um, do you go on their calls on um, C-Press? Yeah. Uh, with Jack O'Neill, I use sometimes, not as much as I used to. Uh-huh. Uh, but initially, yeah, I, I used but to record it. But they yes. record in there. So I, it's yes. a good package. I'd say I, I'm not advertising for them. In fact, I, I'm actually was going to sign up for it. And you can't just sign up. You have to do a webinar thing. I don't know. If, I'd love to sign up for it again just to take it. I took it. Mike has been around. I'm in Southern California. He's from our area. And I want to say I saw him the first time about 10 years ago. And he's been at this all that time and, wow. and, and knows the business. And so um, uh, I took it and I, and I, you know, I don't want the certifications per se, but I always feel like every time I, I'm in a class like that, I learn something. And even those calls, I listen to them. Frankly, I could probably teach some of those calls. I mean, I, I, I think I'm doing it every day and, and, and I don't think the this instructor really is but with all respect, but I, I do learn a lot from it. I think it's really good. And I think for the price, you get a lot of value out of it if you participate. So they, they have a package deal where you get the coaching and then they record them on Facebook. You can go back and listen to them afterwards. Right. So, yeah, and, and it led me to you too. So, so overall, it's been a good thing. I'm sorry, they do what? I said, and it led me to you too. So oh, nice. overall, it's been a good thing. Nice. Yeah, no, I've, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've been involved with several of the companies. I was uh, all the leads.com. I was on their conference call once or twice. And, uh, uh, Paul Horn uh, and I did a program together. He's another competitor. He has a program. He's in California only, so I don't think you would have heard of him, Sam, but um, he has a, a great product called probatemoney.com. And I use that. It's a great interface. I use that to research. You can download some of the leads. Um, he has some training. I, I think he's an attorney. He's not a real estate salesperson, so I don't think he really understands the sales process as well as some of the others do. But um, 
I think Mike's group is a little more focused on the sales part. The key thing is, is for all of you, the key thing is to make phone calls. You know, you can tell when somebody hasn't made calls versus somebody who has, because at some point, some of those questions just become obvious. Okay, hey, we've got some questions in the chat box, so let me let me go through there real quick. Um, um, okay, so I subscribe to YouTube channel. Good stuff, Bill. Hey, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. You have a YouTube channel and. Thank you if you like it. And hey, if you think I should do a topic, let me know. If you don't like a video, tell me why, let me know. I wanna make it more valuable and, and I enjoy, it's been a lot of fun. It's a great way to reach out for me to, I'm building a national network of real estate agents. I have a, I'm with EXP Realty. We have um, the ability to, to, to have agents join us across the country. I have an agent uh, in Florida, Atlanta, uh, Tennessee coming on board hopefully. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Mike asked me, how much do I pay for monthly fees for probate leads? Mike, um, uh, are you on the call? Are you your camera on or not? So I'll say this. We had to talk about, um, about how good a husband you are. If I told my wife how much I spent on probate data, I think she'd uh, be upset and she'd want to order some more purses or shoes or something. Um, but I'll, I will say that I get, I subscribe to probate money. I subscribe to probate daily. I subscribe to probatedata.com. Um, uh, I have the, the website from alltheleads.com. Now I will say that I closed 28 deals last year and I've already closed 10 this year and I'm on track for 35. So to me, you know, data is valuable. All of the sources I find miss an occasional case. I, I don't want to miss any of them. And they all kind of have their advantages. So I use different data sources for different things. So I spent a lot of money on it. Maybe you might say too much, but um, uh, it's been working for me. And I don't think you have to. I, for most realtors, I say pick one, make your, and that's what I did. I started with one and made money at it. And then as I made money, I kept reinvesting in my business to build it. So you don't need three, you don't need two. You need one, call them all regularly, call them until they list with you, uh, and, then and then reinvest some of your uh, income, like any business, back into your business to add services and add features. I'll just share with you guys, like on this call, I've added over time some equipment, a better camera, better lighting. I have some other you know, budget. I uh, you have another $3,000 I'd love to spend on uh, newer cameras and such. But you, know, you have to close deals uh, to make money. This is a profitable business and wealth building venture for me. This is not a hobby. So uh, when I spend money on probate data, it's because I think there's a way I can make some money on that. Also different counties. I have agents on my team. I have 17 agents on my downline. And so some of them I give the data to for free in different counties. So hope that answers your question. Um, Charm City Property Solutions, so that it says, when it comes to door knocking, do you recommend focusing on decedent's address or the personal representative's address? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think it depends on your business. I think that, you know, some agents, want to start in probate 100% like I did. Now I came out of management recruiting uh, and I was not in production. So I didn't have sales activity going on when I started from scratch uh, about two years, a little over two years ago. So I went into probate 100%. Most agents, uh, I don't recommend brand new agents starting a probate for the most part. If you think you're an exception, let's talk. I'd be glad to, to give you some business planning. Most agents, I would say, learn how to sell houses before you learn how to sell probate houses. They're more complicated. So add probate to what you're doing now. 
And I, you can add in, like William says, he, he cold calls. Great. Cold call your expires and FISBOs. Maybe add in the probate. If you door knock, where, so the, the answer to your question, Charm City, is well, where are you door knocking now? Because if the petitioner is in, you know, I don't know, Long Beach and you're door knocking North Hollywood, it makes no sense. But if you're in North Hollywood and the property is North Hollywood, I would go to the property. So I think that the, the, the greatest opportunity for real estate agents is to add or bolt on probate to your already successful business. Um, and so I would say that. And also when we door knock what we think of as a high profile property, you can't just door knock that one house because by the time you drive, park, get out, people, you know, people door knock will always say, well, nobody's home. We'll ask, well, how many were home? Out of 10 houses, how many were home? Two or three, exactly. About 25% are home on average. So that means if you're gonna to drive to one house that's a probate, odds are, you know, one in four, they're home. Three or four times they're not. Only go to that house if your door knock maybe 10 houses around it. That makes the time you spent driving and parking car productive. So door knocking, I would say you have to be careful that you know there are people who would go. This is particularly true for distressed properties. People will drive and only door knock the distressed house. You already parked your car, you might as well hit the other 10 houses with a more generic selling part. And by the way, the neighbors sometimes will tell you the story about the property you came to hear about. You go to a property that's a probate, it's abandoned, but when you door knock two, three houses down, there's the nosy neighbor who waters a lawn every afternoon and she'll tell you, oh yeah, the son is taking over the house and the son lives down the street, the son works here, the son whatever, she knows his name. So that's where door knocking around the property makes more sense. Um, okay, we may. It'd be great to know if other agents having success in private sales have a weekly or monthly success because it shows exactly how they're having success prospecting private leads. Hey, William, I'm all for it. In fact, uh, William, I'd like the first agent that prospects and has massive success to be you. How's that? <laughs> he likes that one. So <laughs> sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you a couple of things. One is, uh, I'm guilty of this. I started on the allleads.com uh, program uh, two years ago, uh, March 1st, actually. And by the end of the first year, I was so damn busy. Because when your business is growing, both you have a lot of activity, but you haven't learned how to deal with it efficiently. That I stopped coming on their regular call so I didn't really have a chance to share. And I remember one day I was sitting in the court and um, I got out early. Their call happens to be, I think at 10 or 11 in the morning. Normally I was still prospecting then. And one day for whatever reason, the court ended early. And then I said, you know, I'm gonna call in the, I'm gonna call into the conference call and tell them the success I'm having and thank them for their support. And I, I literally called in. And at that time, I think I had like 20 something pendings and I had really been doing really well. And um, it shared my, my success. But the problem, William, is agents who are successful, number one, if you're growing, you're too busy to, to, or you think you're too busy to share. And number two, sometimes people get a little self-centered or selfish. They don't want to share what they're doing with other people. So I will just share with you, I don't have that. That's fear. what I found out. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> show you. Everybody's tight-lipped. Exactly. That's why I have this call. That's why I invite some top producers to come on the call. Um, you know, my first coach was Zig Ziglar. He said to me, you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people 
get what they want. So I'm not really worried about it. You know, I, I, I don't fear losing business. I don't fear somebody learning what I'm doing. If you're willing to work as hard as I am to do what I do, good luck. Um, Mike Harvey, ESP is nationwide. Does it do just residential, commercial, and business? Does it have a teaching program also? Mike, to answer your question, EXP, as a, I'm a residential agent. I can do both residential and up to six commercial deals a year. They also have a full-time commercial division, EXP Commercial, just launched a few months ago. And they have all kinds of training. So Mike, if you're interested, reach out to me uh, afterwards. I'd be more glad or privately, and then more glad to um, um, help you with that. Anthony Brooks, I don't think we met, have we, Anthony? Um, we played phone tag for a quick minute. There. I'm good at that, aren't I? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if, I, if I was half as quick on, uh, in basketball as I am on phone tag, I would have been in the NBA, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so to answer your question, I'd be glad to. Um, the, uh, if you want to uh, ever make an appointment with me, you guys are welcome to. I, have a, I use Calendly um, to um, uh, book my, you know, book myself right into my calendar. People say, can I have time with you? And I'll say, you know, yeah, I'd love to. So if you go to Calendly, C-E-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash Bill Gross slash 15MIN for 15 minutes, uh, you'll book in my calendar uh, 15 minutes, probably 30, actually a blackout 30 minutes for that secret. I'll let you know about, but feel free to book a, a time. Uh, so Calendly.com slash Bill Gross slash 15 min. Or again, if you text good stuff to uh, that number I gave you before, 213-460-2577, on the bottom of the page is a link where you can click right there and book a slot with me. I'd be glad to help you guys. Anybody that call, and I'll just make this offer, I don't have a coaching program. I'm thinking about maybe doing that down the road, but right now I'm just too darn busy, thank God. And I like helping people without having to charge for it. I don't like charging somebody by the hour to be an assistant. It just doesn't sit well with me. So for today, anybody who wants some time on helping them kind of get clarity on their business, clarity on the business plan, feel free to book a no cost appointment with me uh, at that spot. I'm glad to talk to you uh, as long as you fit in my calendar and um, no charge. I have nothing really to sell you on other than work hard every day and uh, be a service to other people. Other than that, I have nothing really to, to sell you on. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Uh, oh, uh, one more time. Could you spell, you say Connolly? Calendly. So C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com slash Bill Gross, my name, slash 15MIN. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. My pleasure. Or text good stuff to 213-460-2577. You get back a whole list of stuff. And on that, on the bottom, there's a little link as well. You are welcome, Joanne. Of course, anytime you and I have talked before and appreciate your support on, our pro on my program. Uh, in addition to this, I have a program every Tuesday at three o'clock that's real estate investing focused. And that one is, I'll put that in the chat box as well, is realestateinvestingzoom.com. You can sign up there as well. And that we we're focusing on investing out of state uh, and other types of pro uh, properties as well. Hey, Anna Pacheco, welcome to our call. How are you doing? Hey, Bill, how's it going? Great. Annabelle is a hostess or host of a Zoom call on Wednesdays on multifamily investments. I get us all the time about multifamily. They're in probate, we don't get that many opportunities. They do come up. 
they, they tend to be value-add properties. And Agnesha is called Annabelle shared her value-add. She bought a property in the Dallas area, Grand Prairie, I think, where she made over a million five in less than two years on a multifamily, right? Yep, 1.6 1. 6 in uh, two years. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that last hundred thousand dollars. I know. <laughs> I was I was hoping for that as my tip actually. So sorry about that. <laughs> so, so you host your call on Wednesdays at two o'clock, right? Correct. Right. Every Wednesday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, good. I mean, if you have the link, share it. Do it's I have the link to, to your call? <laughs> I don't have the link, but uh, okay. Shopbox text me. I'd be glad to to share it. Oh, good. Right, cool. So I think those are all the questions I have. Anybody else have a question for me before we wrap up? We're getting kind of close to the witching hour. No? I, you know, I have to say, you're, you're awesome. You share some awesome information. So thank you. Because well, I learned from you. Good looking also? Charming? Of course. Thank you. <sighs> thank you. Now I can, go, I can go on the rest of my day. Excellent. Okay, good. Any questions, challenges, problems? Hey, I, I just want to share with you guys a couple of things. <clears throat> Business is about helping other people. Sometimes that means helping people kind of below you or behind you, trying to help pull them up or pull them along. Other times you need a hand. But even if you're somebody who needs a hand, there's somebody behind you who needs some help. So I'm sure like me, I'm on a bunch of calls every day. Some of my hosts, some of them I'm a guest on. I really try to bring value when I'm a guest. I try to participate, try to support the program because, uh, and I appreciate you guys who support my program. I want you to participate for yourselves. So I want to urge you to, when you, you come on my call or any other call, bring a challenge, bring a question, participate. The more you participate, the more money you're going to make, the more you're going to grow, the more business you're going to do, the more people you can help. So let's all kind of... Um, Push yourself. Let's see. Send me up, Annabelle. Uh, there you go. There, Annabelle, there's a lead right there for your uh, for your call. How nice. Um, from uh, Mike Charlie. Thank you. Okay. So anyhow, so participate. Let's play hard together. Let's work together. Last call. I don't see any hands up or any questions. Anybody else? So don't yeah, forget. Yeah, this, this oh, is go Jay. I've got I've got one. It's tangential to <laughs> probate only in that. Um, it's an opportunity that I came across because it's an estate slash probate situation. Um, I first met the, um, the personal representative when they were having an estate sale. It was her brother's house um, and they were having an estate sale last like October or whatever. And I happened to stop by and got talking to him and, you know, kind of like asked the whole, you know, what's going on with the house and, kept in touch and um, she ultimately got named to the personal representative and um, we've stayed in contact and I'm supposed to be getting um, a purchase and sale agreement from the uh, um, from their attorney to buy the property. Um, nice. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm an investor and um, you know, I, I've got my license, but I, I've, I've yet to uh, put it with a brokerage and something I want to talk to you about offline. You know, we've, we've spoken briefly about EXP and I did talk to the um, uh, Sylvia here in Grand Rapids, Michigan that you had referred me over to. And I want to have a follow-up conversation with you about that, but that's off topic. 
my, my question is this property, um, it is, it's zoned as residential multifamily, but it could be a single family property. I'm struggling with if when I, when I buy it and I go to, you know, fix it up as a, as a flip, you know, is it better to go down the path of doing it as a duplex or should I convert it back to a multifamily and how do I go about evaluating that? You know, what, what's the best way to go? Again, this is, you know, it's not really probate specific, but. No, um, but these questions come up. I think that's, a, I think that's a great question, um, which is really what's, the, what's the, because that question is, is will determine the answer. What's the value of the property at the end of the line, right? Sometimes yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to maximize, maximize value, right? You know, I, I learned some great lessons today. Today, I went to probate court with a client who wanted to bid on a property that would be a, um, a fix and flip in um, near USC in, in uh, the UC section of, of Los Angeles. And, I, you know, I, I really try to stay in my lane. I'm really an expert on negotiations, contracts, procedures. Um, I, I don't know development. And what I learned today, was, and it so happened on this property, for whatever reason, three or four of the top real estate flipper flip, flippers in LA were all there in the courtroom at one time. In fact, they all kind of said, they all know of each other. They've all had seen each other once before, but they'd never actually been together for more than five minutes. And they're all kind of together. It's really interesting. And this kind of small world of these LA flippers. And the thing that was fascinating to me in talking to them, and these are guys who are at any time have between 20 or 40 projects in various stages of development. So they're turning over I mean, every month, they're turning over you know, five or six deals. They're, they're, they're you know, professional, significant um, um, in, in, in every regard, kind of know what they're doing. Um, and what I'd say is what fascinated me in talking to them is that they know the fine, fine detail points of that neighborhood developing because the buying of the property came down to, can you do three bedroom only? Are you limited in this area? Or can you do four bedroom? Uh, I think it was a, a fourplex, right? And because it's near the university, there was a recent change in zoning and I'm not gonna say if it's right or wrong, but the facts are in certain areas near USC, which is a large university, um, they restrict the buildings to no more than three bedroom uh, units on the idea that four bedrooms aren't families, but four bedrooms are fraternity houses or party houses or whatever, and we're bad for the community. And so the certain areas are restricted and certain ones are in certain conditions. And these guys knew block by block by block which ones could do three and which ones could do four. And because you go into it, we have a resource called Zemus. We can go in and get some of the instruction and figure it out. But these guys know it. Like that's their business. And I said to myself, I have to stay out of that what's it worth discussion because I don't really know. And my client who was buying the property, now I'm an expert on him buying the property. But if you want to maximize the value, what was a fourplex brand new developed near USC worth that would sell, is it going to sell for two, two or two, five? I don't really know. And I have to stay in my lane and say to my client, he was surprised 
He said, well, do you want to list it for me? I said, well, be honest, I'd rather you list it with somebody who's going to get you the right answer and get more acquisition because we'll make more as a team. Would I like a $2.5 million listing? Of course. Will I do as good a job as this person in a very competitive environment? I won't. I'm not the right person for that job. Now, he's a very demanding customer. So I'm not saying I don't want the listing. I'm saying I don't want to list it for him unless I really know what I'm doing. And so I'd say, to answer your question, Jay, I don't know. That's really out of my, that's a great question for local developers in that area that really know the market in that pocket. And I'll add one other piece to that. I went to a, a presentation on multifamily here in LA of a guy, a young guy, surprisingly young, who all he does is multifamily in Detroit. And in a particular part of Detroit, bounded by this boulevard and that street and this freeway or whatever. And, and he knew within $10, $20 a month, how to raise rent based on what kind of cabinets and flooring to have to, to upgrade a property. He knew this one, you could put in a little linoleum, get away with it. This one, you had to have wood. This one, you had to have better. He knew block by block in that area what to do. That's why he was so successful. And so I'd say to you, you really need to look at the closed sales in that area, look at the, the active listings, and really do a deep dive or find the expert who knows the answer to that. I wouldn't pretend to answer the value of a property. What's the right answer in Michigan? And I only say that with the greatest of respect, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and, and it does. And 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 I, I appreciate that. And that's the but that also kind of presents the challenge that I've come across is that, you know, I I am trying to compare, you know, single family to say a duplex. Yet there's only been four duplexes sold in the entire township that this house sits in in the past year. So it becomes really challenging to try and determine, you know, what's a duplex worth versus yeah. what's a single family home worth. You know, obviously yeah. there's a lot more single family housing sales um, in, in the same area. So yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that that's that's my challenge in trying to find a person, you know, or or somebody that is that expert, like you described, because I would yeah. I would love to be able to connect with that kind of a person. Yeah. Um, because it's in it's in um, you know outside of Lansing, um, so it's not Detroit where you've got a super high volume. It is a you know it's Lansing, a smaller town that's got a much lower volume of of overall sales. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll continue to plug away with it, but I just, you know, every every opportunity I have to kind of pose the question, I'm trying to pose the question. I threw it out on bigger sure. pockets. I threw it out on, you know. I have a quick uh, comment on that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You're uh, in Michigan, right? No, I'm in Los Angeles, California. Oh, but sorry, I would I would say check with the city because I had a a, a situation where a property uh, that I was in the transaction with was on a multifamily um uh, zoning lot but after speaking with the um the city it didn't qualify multi-zoning because it was short like 150 to 200 feet so it didn't qualify it needed to be a minimum of 10,000 square feet or something like that but yeah check, check with the city or a commercial uh, company that specialize in building a new construction with multifamily, they could probably uh, help you. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I did talk to the township and that's kind of where I found out because when I when I looked at the public records, it just shows residential. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I can just do, you know, residential single family. Well, when I talked to the township, they're the ones that said, well, no, it's actually designated as a duplex or multifamily. Therefore, you know, um, I, you know, they said you kind of need to keep it. I don't know if it's that highest and best use concept because residential zoning can be you know multiple things at least in Michigan I think you know I'm, I'm still learning a lot of this stuff so um so yeah I mean I'm, I'm continuing to dig into it I don't I don't think I can lose either way as far as the the deal and the purchase price and all of that it's just you know trying to maximize my investment and maximize my return right in terms of you know what's the better way to go well, that's the key that's the big the big chunk of the profit is making the right decision there. So I'd urge you to you know, look into that and get clear on that and uh, get yeah. some help if you need to. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So we had some questions about, are they wholesalers on the call? I think we have uh, Sandra's one for sure. And she put her contact info. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, so I'm going to wrap up now because it's five o'clock. Uh, thank you all for being on the call today. Again, I'm Bill Gross. Um, I am, uh, you can get me three, uh, uh, at the uh, bill at the LA probate expert.com. Uh, you go on the website. On there, I have events. On there, I have information with the probate data. Call me, text me, email me if I can help in any way. We do this call every week, Thursday at four o'clock. And then Tuesday at three o'clock, I do a call on real estate investing. Love to have you on there as well. You guys have a powerful week. Call if I can help in any way, okay? Thank you. Thank Thanks you everybody. very much, good sir. Thanks. Thanks to you. Thank you, Will. All thank you. Good night. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you.